1: February brings a fresh of Bulele episode, with topics far and wide, including Bulele takes a long-deserved real vacation and spends some sweet, sweet time in Maui, escaping the constant buzz of city life for an eclectic small town, Polynesian explorers, goats for rent, and there's nothing better than a hug from your kid. Here we go. And now... Asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Taoist Podcast begins now. Welcome back everybody to another fine episode of the Drunken Taos Podcast, episode 174. Welcome back. It's a Rich and Belely episode this time around, so uh, we want to quickly get through the folks that help us make this all happen. And of course, that starts with the OG himself on it O oh, N N I T, the home for human optimization. Check out their ever changing collection of goodies on their website, from the ever popular Alpha Brain to their awesome collection of kettlebells. We asked Did you just take a look at their website and surf it around a little bit and see how many cool things there are and, you know, help the folks that help us. And that's at Onit.com, O-N-N-I-T.com, forward slash Taoist, T-A-O-I-S-T. And that brings us to suredesignt-shirts.com. T-shirts, dresses, jewelry, so much more, cool styles and colors, designs. There's something for everyone in your family, and the prices are really nice, so check them out, suredesignt-shirts.com. Oh, Now, GrasslandBeef.com. Let me tell you, recently I enjoyed their ground bison. We kicked those up into some super tasty bison burgers. And if you haven't had that before, my friends, definitely give it a try. Bison's going to be the the next big thing. They're growing the herds right now. But once they get to a real production model, uh, there's going to be a lot of it around. Better for you than skinless chicken because they are a walking grazer. But if there's some carnivores in your life, there's something delicious waiting for you. At grasslandbeef.com, beef pork chicken is just the beginning, so check out their website. It arrives frozen at your door, grasslandbeef.com. And then there's nevertapgear.com, offering great knee protection that doesn't get in the way of your workout, as well as Savannah's super cool Tomo Gozen rash guard. So check it out at nevertapgear.com. While you're surfing the Internet, if you happen to be making your way over to Amazon, I don't know who would ever do that, we invite you to please click over to our Amazon link and shop just like you normally would. And they give us a small percentage of what you buy to help us out. And it costs you nothing extra. It's off of their end. And it's a real nice way to help us keep the show going because we certainly appreciate that. So that's the quick list on it. Sure Design, Grassland Beef, Never Tap Gear, and the Amazon link. Please check out those websites. Give a peek around maybe just once every month or so. Grab something from the folks that uh, help us keep this show going. And we sure appreciate it. So now, off to Richard and Bulele for February. Isabella moment bon moment:
0: So I had uh, a couple of very healing trips in the last few weeks i am um, one of them i got to spend time in big bear with uh, savannah and isabella savannah was only able to stay for a little bit and then i spent another week or so just isabella and i that's it and we would spend our days you know watching movies going for walks uh just checking out the frozen lake which is always amazing It's snowy Um, up there too, isn't it? Yeah, totally. She would do, I would hold the pads, and she does taekwondo at home. Or we do, you know. She it was a blast. I had a really good time. So, but one thing that sometimes I forget that I'm mildly amazed by is, once in a while, I have to remind myself that she's ten years old, because our discussion, or even better, the bedtime stories. You know, these were the bedtime stories where. They were discussions, of course, on Taoist philosophy and animistic ideas. Of course. We had, you know, conversations about uh, comparing the lives of hunters and gatherers versus the life of farmers, pros and cons. Whether Lao Tzu Buddha and Jesus were historical characters or not, were myths, you know, pros and cons of each view. Um, one of Isabella is obsessed with storytelling, like she loves playing, you know, imagining story, making up stories. That's what she does all day. Right. So we had a whole conversation regarding the different models of storytelling between those that are built on the classic good versus evil archetype versus the rather more morally ambiguous character as leads, um, you know. She hasn't watched this and I don't think it's any anytime soon, but like we, I discussed with her things like Dexter or even Rome, you know, the <clears throat> she was like, those guys don't sound like good people. I'm like, eh, good, bad. It's complicated. Uh, it's the anti-hero. Where would we be without right. the Sopranos? There's uh, in Rome, there's a line at one point where, uh, Cleopatra asks one of them about the other is like, is he a good man? And the guy's replies, define good which fits rather perfectly. And, you know, she understood the pros and cons of each model. One is very predictable, but like wholesome. The other one is more mildly disturbing, but intriguing in its own ways. In all of this, I really have to remind, because those are all conversations that I think are fun and I had a great time and we laugh and she's having fun. They are not to me strange conversations. The strange part is when I remember she's 10 years old jesus that's not exactly the normal conversation that you have with a 10 year old
1: yeah and but i mean it's your daughter
0: i mean yeah. it,
1: just the conversation itself is such a delightful thing
0: yeah no and um and that's a that's entertainment to us you know we just do that a whole bunch and that's that's a lot of fun so remind me yet again of the weirdo she is and it was uh quite enjoyable that's awesome yeah
1: i mean you know, you're already halfway through it all. Yeah. She'll be off somewhere doing something. And all you do is wonder and make sure she's okay in your mind.
0: You know, one of the things, um, one thing that she has been amazing with is, you know, like yesterday, for example, I, I wasn't in a bad mood, but I was definitely in a under pressure mood, like I had 10,000 things to do. So I was go, go, go. There's no time for this. There's no time for that. And, you know, so she's feeling that I'm a little edgy. And she just went, uh, you know, she reminded me, Hey, you know, we're not in a hurry, we're good. I, the only hurry you have is that you feel that we're late for dinner. I don't care. I'll go to bed when you tell me it's fine. We can eat a little later. It's no biggie. So she was kind of trying to sort of give me the vibe, like it's okay. Take a deep breath. And then one thing that I've been doing lately is, um, when I feel that I'm getting edgy or something, I'll just. Start grab drinking. Her. Yeah, oh, that no. too. <laughs> that too. Wine is awesome. I'll just grab her and I'll hold her. And we'll. I'll close my eyes and I'll just put my head and she's holding me. And we just cuddle for like two minutes with nothing said. Just laying there. And I feel, you know, I don't know, it's awesome. You just feel this tiny little human who's your kid who loves you, give you a big hug. And it's just so sweet. And you're just like, ah. I can breathe. This is nice. Yeah. You know, it, it resets everything. It slows everything down and is like I can go on with my day. So um She's been my drug. It's a good drug. Yeah, it's a very good drug.
1: I had Emily at the house for nine days and I got lots of those hugs stocked That's up and it's just beautiful. I you know, she feels it too. She misses this. Right. But you gotta go live your life. It's yeah. a tough combo.
0: How do you do um Because I know, you know, you miss your daughter a lot and you guys live in different cities and yeah, you see each other a bit, but not nearly as much as you would like. 19 days last year. How do you... I'm going to ask a stupid question because of course I don't know and I don't understand like how... I'm not even sure how to ask it because I'm not sure what I'm fishing for here. But basically it's like, how is it clearly one of your top priorities in life one of the things that you are happiest about so is there a way for you guys to live in the same city is there a way for either you guys to move where she's at or for her to move you know not clearly you don't want to be you know too invasive and all of that you want to let people live their life but in the same city that's kind of important
1: yeah, I mean, it's still sort of an interesting time. She's you know three, four years into her career now, and she's going to move around a lot anyway. So she's not settled, right? I mean, shit. She flew to San Diego yesterday for some meeting. Mm-hmm. Halfway through the flight, a sensor went off that says one of the back doors was open. They had to fly all the way back to San Jose. Oh yeah, yeah. wait four hours. Yeah. and then take the same death plane that just made them turn right down to San Diego. Reshoring. Sure, and- so I mean. When you go through something like that, it's like, that could have been it. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, I don't know, it's tough. I'm certain at some point, I mean, we got something to figure out now, too. It's just, I think I I so much want to have a farm at this point. Right. And now I'm seriously figuring out what are the steps to take it, you know? Just find two acres somewhere and begin. Right. it's probably what it is. But...
0: So, you know, I'm not settled where I am either. Right. Because I guess to me... We're not terribly far apart either. No, and that helps. And in fact, that's not like a bad, bad deal. And my mom
1: is like halfway. So we... About once a month, there's a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it okay. I mean, it's just tough, man. I mean, I've told you a hundred times, dropping her off at college
0: was the hardest thing I've ever done. And you're halfway there. You're more than halfway there. No, now. but that's the thing. It's like I'm having a very hard time. And again, I'm speaking from complete lack of experience. Okay? Yeah. So I'm not talking in a... But I'm like, I'm having a hard time imagining what it can be like to... Be away from To it. make that step, like to make that... shot, like, Because ultimately, you know, it's like... How do I not arrange my life to be in the same city? Now, of course, in some cases, you just can't, right? And that's kind of the problem of where it's at. And I'm guessing that that's exactly where you're at. But like, to me, it's like, it's hard. It's hard to picture it that way, to be like, I don't care, I'll drop anything. But then of course you can't because you still have to make a living and there are things that are tied to certain places where you can do somewhere else.
1: And she'll be different by that point too. You know, once you're there, she's she'll had a car for a few years at sure. that point. And so the 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 separation sort of begins, you know, generically. Right. And I by no means think it's the perfect way, but um yeah, I'd love to have her closer. But she's close enough. Yeah, no, I get it. If it was across the country, yeah, it'd be a whole totally different, different thing. Story, I don't course. even. No, no, that's but, like insane. even those first, you know, those first year. If it wasn't for Skype, I wouldn't have survived it. Yeah, no, because at least I could get my eyes on her, you yep. know, once every couple of days. And, of course. But you know, and at the same time, now she's got a pretty serious boyfriend, and he's a good kid, and that's all going well, and. No, but that's great. can I really
0: get in the middle of that. I'm all for people having their life. But I think it's also part of it that why I struggle to um. It seems impossible. It. Well, also because I think I grew up in a cultural context where that stuff doesn't happen that much. Yeah. You know, people tend to live in the same city forever. So there's not the... I mean, even like my dad is not even that close. He wasn't that close with his parents, right? right? But still, that meant we would go to lunch at their houses twice a week call them morning at night, twice a day. And he's not even a guy who's that close for Italian standards, you know? So it's like, for example, like, yeah, in Italy, it's like, you do, there's no way in the world that the kids and the parents, unless something bad has happened, are not talking every single day. And when you say it in the US, it's like, try again? You talk every day? What the fuck you talk about? And the fact is, half of the time, there's absolutely nothing to say. More than half of the time. Most of the time, there's absolutely nothing to say. You're just checking in. It's like, again, it's a cultural habit more than is uh, you're talking because there is something to say. Well, we we
1: text every day. So at least that's a nice. And you guys,
0: you just say that you guys talk every other day, which is pretty close to that. But by American standards, that like way high on, way high end. I think
1: we got lucky. I mean, we had a great relationship and it is a drag that she's not around all the time, but she's doing well. And, um, yeah, I do like to hear from her every day or so, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just checking in. Man, obviously, this place is fucked. I mean, what we have built and these ideas of the nuclear family sitting alone Mm -hmm. and how we treat each other, it's just pathetic. I heard a great, um, I don't know how true it is, but it seems like it's pretty true, if the 400 richest billionaire families were to suddenly grab everything and move, mm-hmm. we would be a third world country.
0: Because <laughs> like so much of the wealth suddenly disappear overnight. Yeah, like like
1: yeah. 60% of it. <clears throat> right.
0: No, no, I got it.
1: So there's just so many yeah. things terribly wrong. But hey, this place was built on slavery and genocide. How did we expect it to end?
0: Yeah, no. And I think... And I think in that sense, that's why the stuff that you can control, you know, like family, your family, not like, you know, larger social transformation on a level that you have really no control whatsoever, but just the interactions you have with your family members, that's kind of a key one because that one you do have some control of how you want to structure it. Yeah. So that's probably the one place where you can take actions that have an impact.
1: You know, you got to start small and locally, so... That's the idea. Share your persimmons and take care of your family.
0: And uh, those persimmons were, by the way, very much appreciated.
1: 739 off of one tree. Jesus. I'm being taught some sort of lesson by, the, by nature. Because as I'm learning from all this farmer stuff I'm doing, these guys realize they're insane, that they are tr- entrusting their entire livelihood to what the dirt is going to supply right. for. what's the rain will come. I mean, it's a gamble every time. Yeah. So in our backyard, we have a persimmon tree on one side that is just beyond measure yep. and survived like days of 70 mile an hour winds laden with fruit wouldn't not have not a not a branch broke not yeah. a fruit fell it held them all but at the same time i have a giant loquat tree that is uh being attacked by some sort of fungal attack so it's and like that one let me know now. clearly that this shit doesn't go this way all the time yeah and if we are going to jump into this
0: yeah yeah it's a gamble Because it's your, I mean, of course, it's not a gamble. There's a science to it, but there's still a gamble involved. Yeah.
1: We're going to practice a little bit longer, but I can't. You can grow something that wholesale you could easily sell for $600 a pound. Why the fuck am I not concentrating that every second of the day? Right. No, no, I got it. Fuck the rest of it.
0: I got it. Well, that brings me, I guess we can uh, rant away with this on a topic. Um, We would never do such a thing. right? Um, I've been thinking a lot about, because I will be getting out of LA within the next few months. Not that far, hour and a half, couple of hours out of LA, so not horrendously far. But, you know, still, it's a big change because you go from living in a humongous cities to a more smaller town, you know, which is... It's a different kind of smaller town because it's a little more lively than the average small town where you're, you know, maybe you're in beautiful nature, but you're surrounded by three toothless rednecks and that's it. That's not that kind of small town. So no, that's
1: very spiritual, cultural.
0: So that's a plus. But it is what I've noticed that I think is interesting. Like mm, week or two ago, we went for dinner close to a place where I used to live in LA, much closer to the ocean. And I started thinking about it. I realized a lot of the time that I've lived in LA, I was always within a couple of miles from the ocean, you know, so not that far. And there's something different there living close to the ocean, like the hustle and bustle of the city would get to me not as bad. And I don't mean to be all like Chinese feng shui kind of thing, but I really think that the energy of the water changes things.
1: The then, ions, man, waves make them. I you don't know what them. it is,
0: but when I'm close to the ocean, it's different. Yeah. Where I live now, it's way inland and it's a beautiful place. There are trees, there's all that stuff, but it's way inland. And one thing that I noticed, like, especially when being on vacation where I wasn't here yeah. and coming back, is that what I feel here is a constant background buzz. I feel this, zzz, 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 zzz. not literally, like I'm not feeling, uh, I'm not hearing some, no,
1: it's, but it's an energy.
0: Yeah. And, and it, one thing that's funny how you can test it is that around Christmas where a bunch of people go out of town and there's way less people that buzz declined dramatically. Sure. And suddenly you're like, oh, this is different. This is nice. This is kind of cool. And this and i think there's something to be said and again i have no idea what how it happens the way we work as human beings the way but i think when you pack too many people in too small of a space there's something that happens that if you are sensitive to such things you feel whether you are conscious of it or not where you feel a constant energy of fact why do i like to write at night for example when most people are asleep because that buzz dies down yeah My thoughts flow better when I'm not hearing all these. And again, I'm not literally hearing because I'm not hearing. I mean, sometimes you do. You know, there's that. But most of the time, it's not a literal noise. It's
1: the the vortex of the energies of the people shifting back. I mean, you've got... You know, you've got all these freeways around you, and that's always swirling, always moving. Plus, yeah. the ocean is so far away. You've got downtown between you and the ocean. Yep. That has to be a wall of energy. And Wilshire, what is that monstrosity?
0: And it's funny, because talking like these, we sound like, what's the name of the guy, of the lady who was a Democratic candidate now? Marianne oh, Will. yeah. Like, Williamson. You know, it sounds very new agey and who the energy of the man, when you're living with five corn stalks
1: in your neighborhood, you know, it's not quite the same as being packed in with all these people. But the fact
0: is it's never real. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, totally it's what I experience. It's not like I'm, it's what I'm feeling all the time. Like, and really like Christmas time, that period when people leave town. Man, try to be in a big city and try to see if you don't feel a change around that time. It's very, very, very different.
1: Well, I made the I made the drive in twice in two days, and I haven't done that for months. And let me tell you, I couldn't do it every day again. Yeah. There's no way I could make that drive every day because I essentially made the drive that you will make. Well, really, only about half of it because you don't got to go that far. Right, right. Santa Monica.
0: So it's only going to be about 40 miles. Well, and that's the thing that I've also decided to change. Like, for example, in the way I structure my life, like I will have to, you know, currently I teach at Santa Monica College in Cal State Long Beach. Yeah. I have to give up the in-person classes at Cal State Long Beach. Um, I will teach a little online there, but I will give up the in-person because there's no way I'm driving from, uh, you know, that's like a three-hour drive at least or. It certainly sometime, can be on Maybe some even days. four. So. What, what about Seasucky? Um. Channel Islands. I mean, Channel Islands the is right problem there. is you have to, as far as teaching goes, a lot of it is seniority. Uh-huh. So when you try to go into a new place, you are the last one to oh. be hired, the first one to be fired for anything. They give you a class, maybe, kind of, perhaps. Screw it. No, I'll, uh, I'll just...
1: Perhaps, you know, I'll, people
0: get hit by a bus all the time. <laughs> it I'll happens. Take, I'll take a cut on the money. But I'm not going to be driving like crazy maniac all the time. I'll come into a LA lay once a week, twice, if I have a meeting of some kind and the rest of the time I stay the fuck out. And the thing that I noticed, even when I was there, I hang out outside of a LA lay like that for a bit is like, suddenly everything was soft. Like my thoughts, I could, I could hear what I was like, I, I could think so much more clearly and I'm like, how is it possible? And I'm like. I don't have a literal noise around me, uh, which as we record things, we're all too aware in LA. It's like, oh, there's goes an helicopter. Oh, there was an ambulance. Oh, there's the dog barking. Oh, there's <laughs> the, there's always something that we have to cut things with. I mean, even like when we record history on fire, man, it's like we almost always do it at night because it's um, there's too much noise during the day. But even aside for that, the literal noise, just the background energy noise is like, so I'm intrigued to what that's going to do to my psyche, being in a place where I don't feel this constant <laughs> going on all the time in uh, in the back of my brain.
1: Well, and it's a place of miracles. It didn't burn. It's funny, we were uh, going to see somebody, Tony Bennett or something, mm-hmm. and uh, there in Lancashire is the the shuttle drop-off so you can, don't yeah. have the stack park at the Hollywood Bowl, and there's a fat burger there. So that's sort of like had one of those yeah. and some fires were going on at that point and there was like some crew chiefs in there and of course you know being the shy person i am i decided to strike up a conversation and started talking about the oh miracle right. and that firefighter and he's like a lieutenant or something he said oh yeah i moved there and i just thought wow
0: yeah because it's like no, it, it's trippy. It shouldn't be there. Yeah, everything burned all around it and stop right there. I, you know, fingers crossed. Hope the luck keeps holding. But that there was... Uh, yeah, there's a
1: great energy to that uh, place. And plus, you know, you can get uh, flights of kombucha that, if, if you're so inclined. And, by
0: the way, I'm mildly worried because upon entering Ohio, one thing that I saw was, uh, well, one thing that The Savannah, Johnny Cash picture? One thing that Savannah promptly saw was a big sign that said goats for rent. Oh, yeah. And so I know what's gonna happen. Within about three minutes, has got to rent twenty-five goats to hang out with them. Uh Savada has a rather curious passion for goats when uh, we travel now. Uh, we went to a goat farm to check it out. Of course. We had uh baby goats are she, quite she, cute. She went to do yoga with goats. Oh, I've heard of that. That Did was they a like, climb
1: place. up on your back and stuff to help you get the positions correct? <laughs> yeah, that is pretty cool. I know. Um,
0: I guess that's the rentals if you need like a space cleared out, you know? yeah, yeah, in there and told, they take care of business, of course. But that's how it should be, right? I think it's savannah's case, would we'll be like, No, I rent a goat, I'll talk to her all day long. We got to be pals, and then I'll bring her back. Well, perhaps it's time for a pet goat, right? We be out there in the country, so
1: yeah, it
0: wouldn't be that bad,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: I think the pet goats may be uh, on the horizon. But yeah, so that's. I'm
1: excited to see it. Plus, you know, the drive will be vastly different for yeah. for podcasting.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, so here is what's up for me. I'm excited about the transformation in, like, the again. I'm gonna be as new age as humanly possible right now, but like, I'm gonna be tra- excited about the energy transformation of yeah. not being in a big city and being closer to the ocean. That excites me. Uh, the other one that I think is, um, that I'm kind of intrigued by, is what happens with Isabella, because, of course, it's a much smaller place. You get to know people quick. You can hop on your bike and go to visit your friend. You know, a year, if you try to hop on your bike and go visit your friend, you're dead in about 47 seconds. Yeah, there's a tough road right here. Yeah, that's not a... So, you know, that could be interesting. It's a flip of a coin, depending on whether you meet people you click with or not. So... Fingers crossed. I think you guys are going to click. I get that feeling. The one thing that I'm less than thrilled about is that I'm not going to see Sav as much because she's going to couch surf in LA a good chunk because training out here all the time. That means that I will, will have more days of the week apart, which I'm not super happy about. But, um, and you know, I don't know how it is on horror, the driving back and forth, all of that stuff. So, you know, that's the only part that I'm a little eh, 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 less than thrilled about. Well, perhaps it's time for somebody to put a training academy in Ventura. That would be sweet. Right. But you know, unfortunately, you know, anything like what she's doing is, uh, you need to click with your coach. You need to, it's not just a place to train. You'll are places there. to train. bring him on right? up. It won't take long with we'll kidnap him and bring him over. Right. I think that's a good idea. With pack him with <laughs> <in. laughs> the tree house or something that would do it. I
1: think more than anything, not having to deal with this goddamn traffic.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, there's I'm just, all for there's
1: just something to it, man. I would, I found myself in one of those centipede crawls yesterday. Oh, yeah. Of course. And it, just grinds on everybody and I haven't been doing it that much. I'd kind of, I'd become, I had some capacity to just sort of just, Oh, this is it and Zen out. But having not been in it, goddamn, does it suck.
0: Apologies, but we need to do a super quick sponsor shout out. So here we go with 30 seconds. Imagine for a moment it's the year 2010.
1: You leave your high-paying job at a blue-chip software company, come home and do the same thing you've done now for weeks. You go to the medicine cabinet, take four or five painkillers from your cancer-stricken wife's never-ending supply, crush them up into a powder, wash it down with a tumbler of vodka. It didn't used to be this way, and it's about to get much, much worse. This is the story of Robert P., and he tells it on the powerful new podcast, Keep Coming Back, Real Stories of Sobriety and Recovery. Each week, Host Mike S. interviews and unravels the stories of people who fell down and have managed to get back up again. Subscribe and listen. A link to the website is included in today's show notes. Tasty track was a piece of Mojave blues from one of our listeners who goes by the handle Wandering Ghost. W-A-N-D-R-I-N underscore ghost. You can find him at Wandering Ghost on Instagram and Twitter, as well as Spotify. I also really dug his new track, Strawberry Revolution. You want want to check that out. He's getting his dylan out, and he really has quite the message to it. So, Anyway, now back with the show. Thanks, Wandering Ghost.
0: Talking about Places. Um, one thing that really helped me snap out of a really bad funk I've been for a couple of months, and uh, and again, I'm lucky to be able to do it because somebody else wouldn't be. And so I'm, you know, thank everything that can be thanked in this. I got to take a real vacation. Normally my vacation is, you know, I take kids places or I visit my family or something, which don't get me wrong, it is vacation is awesome, but it's a little different. This was just a, a wherever the fuck let's go somewhere vacation, which I don't really do hardly ever.
1: How did that how did that uh, come to being?
0: Well, what happened was uh, um you know, when, um, there was this episode a few episodes ago with, uh, Elie Malay McFarlane, and she was saying, uh, you know, she's going to fight in Hawaii at the end of the, in late December, Right, it would be so great if you guys come. And I was like, Hmm, that is interesting. Not going to happen every day that we have a chance to go see her do a fight in her hometown town and everything, but it's going to be extra special. She's super cool to Savannah. She's a nice person. She said, yeah, if you guys come the next day, we have a family luau where it's just my family and a bunch of friends and stuff. How is that? And so it got me thinking, I'm like, I think it's worth the investment. So after that, we said, screw it. Let's go to Maui. Uh, I've been to Maui once in my life. I remember being amazing. So I'm like, let's go to Maui. Let's check it out. We spend uh, almost a week there. Then we fly into Honolulu for the fight. We stayed the next day for the luau, and we come back home. So relatively quick trip, but you know. Good so enough. you
1: weren't on the island for Ramdas's death because you know Duncan
0: Duncan has questions for you but <laughs> I did not kill. Ram Dass. What did you do to him, man? Yeah, I did not kill Ramdas. Promise, <laughs> I give my word. <laughs> Them. And, you know, Maui is so beautiful. The, the place is just so... It takes work to be depressed on Maui. You know, it's like it's... so. You don't have
1: time for it. Too much cool stuff to look at and hang yeah, out. Yeah,
0: and... it's like every day it rains mostly at night. So you get that cool change of stuff. But then it's sunny and it's beautiful. And they're like constantly changing. The sky is amazing everywhere you look. I'm sure there
1: weren't any great rainbows at any point. Yeah,
0: rainbows everywhere every three seconds. It's like, oh, look, there's another triple full rainbow right there. It's like, oh, yeah, sure. We've seen 25 of those in the last 10 minutes anyway. Yeah. And it's just so such a beautiful place that, you know, even like I still had a couple of days where I was struggling and dealing with my own crap. And, you know, what do we do? Is like we go to the beach. Savannah and Isabel are making sandcastles and checking turtles. And I'm laying on the beach listening to the ocean. And I'm just, I literally feel like my own misery sort of go and being washed away takes time, and again, I'm not saying, oh, just hang out on the beach and suddenly all your problems will be solved. That's, unfortunately, I wish it was like that. It's not quite the way it works.
1: But when they're 4,000 miles away in either direction, it sure makes it a little easier.
0: That's exactly the point. You know, it's like some things don't get fixed fixed by external circumstances when they are internal things you can be in paradise and make yourself as miserable as humanly possible because that's just there are some neurons firing wrong or there's too much heaviness from the past or there's something right but as you said it sure helps a lot (laughs) when the circumstances are you know if you are in the middle of a shitty ghetto somewhere and everyone around you is like doing math and killing each other for five dollars the odds of being able to rise above that plummet dramatically. Can you still do it? Sure you can. Uh, but again, odds wise is like, now you're taking a shot from uh, blindfolded from the other side of the court, uh, with, you know, it's like, it can be done, but not that easy. You are you know, on a beautiful island with cool people, cool people, what an important part of
1: the c- equation.
0: You still need to do the work but you're taking a layup by yourself in front of the basket. You yeah. know, it's like, it's a little easier. And and that's the reality, you know, nothing is a cure by itself. It's not a pill that you take and it makes everything great. It doesn't work that way. You still need to do something, but the amount that you have to do decreases so much. That's why, you know, when people are like anybody, you know, it's just a matter of willpower and you can do it regardless of circumstances. It's like, yeah sure theoretically yeah, but not
1: where you're located has a lot to do with what's going on
0: yeah who's around you what's and again you know you got the guys who are uh, uh victor frankel right you know middle of uh that camp uh, during the holocaust and still managed to be awesome yeah so i'm not saying it can't be done it can but let's be real You know, some people, you know, that you have to be the Michael Jordan of consciousness to pull that off. (laughs) You know what I mean? You need to be amazing to, in other cases, it gets, uh, if you are uh, a a good bench player, you can still pull it off if the conditions around you are so much easier, you know?
1: Did you run into any bad food? Because we found most every meal was delightful, from a poke bowl, from a little deli to...
0: You know what? Not in uh, taste-wise, I think. I don't know what I ate. I spent one day without being able to put one morsel of food in my mouth because I was so... I don't know if it was food... No, probably not food poison because I would have been throwing up everywhere, but something really didn't agree with me. So I spent a day without touching any food because just the thought of food was making me gross. Must out. have been the poi, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I'm glad I uh, healed back up for the Ilima Luau, which was quite a trip because a whole pig uh, and everything in the ground, she had the whole like bit. Three hundred people there. Oh it was God. all family, friends, etc. This is how Ilima is. She even had former opponents that she fought with in the cage. And she may fight again in the future We're hanging out, eating her food, uh, being all friendly. And that's her attitude. You know, that's her approach. It's all very like, we'll fight in the cage. But afterwards, by all means, come to my family luau and we'll hang out. Um, That
1: seems so appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get especially like these superstar
0: athletes and get some grudge going for no reason. Like- no, she has a great attitude. She's funny too. Is like when the bellator was, I think telling her, Hey, do a little bit of trash talking to sell the fight. <laughs> And Dilima was like desperately trying to master something and she's clearly not who she is. So she really was. She was like the best. I think she went something like, oh, you know, she's a great fighter. This, this and that. But if she's thinking of taking my belt in my own hometown, that's really not going to happen. And even that, she just said like the mildest thing ever. And the next second is like, but as soon as it's over, you're welcome to come to my luau. (laughs) And it's like... (laughs) And I was like, wow, that was your trash talk. Interesting. By the way, Air Fight was such a trip because she... She got, you know, Bellator, of course, she's the hometown uh, hero. So Bellator gave give her the start treatment. She had like a five minute walk out to the cage. Did she have all where, her dancers with her in a whole yeah, bit? She had a bunch of women activists who have been kind of fighting against the building of the telescope on what's a sacred mountain to Hawaiian people. So they had like, I don't know, 15 of them come out to do first this like female version of the haka. Uh, then uh, they do a whole singing and dancing uh, routine. And, you know, Elima is doing all of that before the fight. I think I would be tired just from that, right? It's like by the time I get to the cage, I'm like, I'm like, oh. and Elima is just like, okay, that was round one. Now let's go. And then she fought <laughs> for five rounds, did amazing, oh God. won all of them. Um, Didn't get the finish, but easy decision. And, uh, and, you know, seeing the people go crazy for her and being like she really was the hometown hero in a way that was beautiful to watch. Did you feel
1: the same sort of congestion in Honolulu that you do here? Yeah. Screw Honolulu. Honolulu never. I was no born point there and I have no yeah. desire to ever go there again. No,
0: no, no. I was like, what is this fucking place? You oh. know, I'm sure there are. I, I wasn't there long. I'm sure there are some nice spots didn't get to find any other part of the island but honolulu itself no it felt like being in it's like la left yeah yeah exactly i was like nope that's uh so yeah not everywhere in hawaii
1: we were off to do some little gig there they let us stay for 47 hours thanks guys right and you're like and getting there it was three and a half hours from my house to get to the airport barely made the plane six hours on the plane land
0: and the traffic was every bit as bad right when and you that left little in trip one direction, from, yeah, of course. It's just
1: unbelievable.
0: Yeah, no, in fact, it's another thing. It's like that's not something that would change my mood in any way, shape, or form. No. It's, uh, it's really something else.
1: No. I can't recommend Maui enough. I loved it. And yeah. I, I love the North Shore. That's definitely more my part of the town. Yeah, yeah, that's where I was. We're all those big, giant... I don't know if you made it to the west side at all. we all the giant hotels, like 50, and 60 stories. yeah.
0: Why even go? I know, I know. That's pointless. Yeah, I guess, you know, the most touristy part that I saw was more like Kihei, which is kind of touristy and definitely has the big hotels. But even yeah. then, you know, if you are not right there, you go one mile up. you Cool have little
1: shops and restaurants and all that.
0: Sand beaches yeah, that yeah. go forever. And the next person is like 50 yards the other way. And you're like. This is amazing, yeah. you know. This is still cool. Let alone when you are not in the super touristy places. So, yeah, really, really beautiful. Well, I mean, apparently,
1: that West Coast is where the sharks attack. You know these really. That's the spot. Yeah. Well, that's also that's where people miserable
0: s- bastards up there that
1: deserve to be. Eaten that's there.
0: also where people swim oh, because yeah. the waves are way milder. Oh, you man. go to the other side. Good luck swimming in there because that's some serious waves. Crashing. Yeah, I
1: wouldn't go. No, the Honda side was crazy. Did you stop at the Black Sands Beach where they still covered in plastic?
0: I didn't go. Oh,
1: yeah. That was like on the way. I think it, they had just had a major storm and there had been a hurricane as well. So yeah, started, I can see serious waves. So sort there's of like and, lots uh, of little pieces of plastic and pasty white European people and teeny <laughs> tiny. Um,
0: suits there. you know i think that i saw that i was impressed there were like these giant turtles just hanging out on the beach yeah. and everybody was super respectful like yeah. everybody kept like a 30 yard distance from them nobody got everybody looking and nobody coming any closer than 30 yards to the turtle just leave them alone let them do their thing and i was like that's cool that's very nice to see yeah and there was no cop telling them to do that. Just everybody just understood, you need know, to give them their space. Well, you don't want to mess around. Yeah. Uh, the volcanic gods will get you for doing yep. some shit like that. So, um, so that was beautiful. You
1: no, know, I, um, the second night I went, we'd gone out with a, a guide the first time. Mm-hmm. And he, those turtles just came right up to us. Yeah. And once you're kind of comfortable with it, because it is, you know, they the, the big ones are big. Oh, yeah. And I just went in by myself and they just... Kind of come check you out.
0: No, that's awesome. It's
1: quite awesome.
0: And I was uh, talking actually with another former guest, Robert Rice, the, um, who was there, I think, maybe just within a few days after I left or something. And he was like, oh my God, this place is heaven. I keep coming here, bringing my daughters here because this is heaven on earth. Yeah. And uh, from Italy, I always said like when I was a kid, I always thought Hawaii was like this mystical land from because it's literally like, I think if you cut through the globe you want to Italy from it. to Hawaii is the exact opposite sides of the globe. So it's um yeah, it's a long way for sure. It's an empty trick. Did you fly Hawaiian airlines? Yeah. Uh, one of them. We flew different companies each segment. So did it you was, get uh, rum drinks as you flew in? No, no rum drinks oh, unfortunately. Yeah, that's Air Hawaii. They take they, they get you liquored it. up.
1: Nice. So you can start dumping them tourist dollars the second you get off the plane. That's a
0: good policy. <laughs> I like that. The, do you know, um, I remember hearing some stories about how they found Hawaii originally, Polynesian people, because really when you think about it, it's in the middle of the damn ocean. There's for sure. water and water and water and more water for weeks before you can get to any land if you do it by boat. Yeah. How the hell did anybody stumble upon it? That's Just a great
1: question. And. I mean, somebody had the, head of the balls to get on those rafts. And those rafts are weird, too. They're like yeah. little coiled things. But I'd always heard that the way the currents would work, you could go out pretty far. But sure. you could always catch a current that would bring you back. Right. So they would just kind of take these chances. But, yeah, at some point, somebody grabbed a family or a few families and three or four pigs and a yeah, rooster or two, obviously, and yeah. went for
0: it. Yeah, because when, when you think about it, from wherever in Polynesia to Hawaii... You're in those close. boats, that would have been a trip that lasted weeks. Yeah. So to be weeks in the ocean, not knowing whether you're going to find land or not, that would be a little unnerving. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that somebody did it way back when—I need to study the story because I'm sure there's something to it, but or maybe not. Maybe it's so lost in history that there's nothing. Someone has to to have something. I mean,
1: I have several books on
0: Hawaii, so I'll pull them out and check it out. Yeah, because James Michener has your answers. Yeah, because that's just too trippy. Like, how did anybody end up here? You know, you you don't end up here by chance. Probably started with an
1: argument. Somebody like, I'm so tired of you. I'm getting the hell out of here. Like hell you are. And they went for it. No, the bravery and the skill combined to to be able to pull that off. Yeah. And then if you did make it, would you ever be brave enough to leave and go back and tell anybody? At that point,
0: I think you're like, good job, we did it.
1: I mean, mean, certainly their expertise with – star positioning oh. and time of year like they could definitely point it straight and and, and keep it going but yeah there's a lot to do the ocean's making some decisions on that for sure
0: and that's trippy that like that kind of knowledge when you're talking about centuries and centuries ago you know if you if you drop me probably 500 yards from the shore i'll be lost <laughs> you know if you put somebody it, in that position for sure. like insane numbers of miles a trip that lasts forever being able to accurately predict what's gonna happen that's some serious skill at
1: some point i was talking about that to somebody i said man i had to take big balls to do that and they're like well yeah that helped And i was like what do you mean they would literally rest their balls on the bottom of the raft and could sense
0: i heard that story see i don't know yeah Perhaps we've been telling it to each other. I think, yeah, I may have heard that story from you. So I'll need to. I like it. I'm kind of scared to look into it because that if I find it's not true, I'll cry. But I like that tale. The uh, bull-
1: extra sensory extra uh, navigational tools.
0: Yes. The well, thanks to your balls. That would be beautiful. But. Um, <laughs> Herman Göring, Nazi leader. I originally became aware of this quote from um, Dan Carlin. He used it not that long ago, uh, which, of course, by Carlin's standard, not that long ago. is probably three years because yeah. the time between episodes. Herman um, Göring quote, of course, the people don't want war. Why would some poor slob on a farm want to risk his life in a war when the best that he can get out of it is to come back to his farm in one piece? Yeah, they're the same shithole you left. Naturally, the common people don't want war, neither in Russia, nor in England, nor in America, nor for that matter in Germany. That is understood. But after all, it's the leaders of the country who determine the policy, and it's always a simple matter to drag the people along, whether it's a democracy or a fascist dictatorship, a parliament or a communist dictatorship. Voice or no voice, the people can always be brought to the bidding of the leaders. That is easy. All you have to do is to tell them they are being attacked, and denounce the pacifists for lack of patriotism and exposing the country to greater danger. That's like Machiavellian 101, right? And and it's reality, because, I mean, think about it. We for, see it
1: over and over and over and over again.
0: Gulf of Tonkin, weapons of mass destruction, they yeah. do
1: it over and over and over, and we fall for it every goddamn time. And to be so close last week. I mean, I was trying to get through my day, and now we're talking about missiles falling on... American troops in Iraq. Were you able to concentrate on anything when that was going down? I mean, that really felt like this is it.
0: No, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a possibility for sure, right? Usually, I don't know. I felt like for some reason, maybe with no good logic, I didn't think he was going to blow up quite to a World War III level, but definitely you're playing with fire in a dangerous kind of way. It's a very dry day and Uh there are sparkling tinders everywhere. So it's a little of a scary process. And that's the tiny little shit that gets it started. Yeah, no, of course. And I think he's, um, I'm always puzzled in fact, like I think, you know, I mentioned it before and I, I still don't get it. Like I'm always puzzled by this whole idea of like serving in an army. And again, I understand that, you know, it doesn't, nobody's, well, depends which country you live in, but in some countries, you're not going to get forced to go somewhere. You just have to take your dishonorable discharge by leaving. And, you know, nobody can stop you from doing that if you feel strongly about it. But of course, it gets really hard when you're in to just say stop and you have no control over who's in charge. You have no control over who gets elected. You have no control over what who they send you to fight, if they send you to fight, for what reasons. And I've always been like, is what you're getting worth it? Because in order to do that, you would have to feel that you have complete and total trust in the people politically running in your country. Which is the last thing anybody, if, going yeah. all the
1: way back to the Revolutionary War, nobody gets fucked worse than the veterans.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of like, I don't know, it's sort of the nature of the game that the people making those kind of decisions don't they are not exactly thinking about your best interest. You know, it's like, it's without even going that far, you know, World War I, most pilots, they didn't give them parachutes, even though they had parachutes, because then they may decide not to shoot at the other plane under extreme circumstances and try to bail. And, you know, the planes cost a lot of money, your life doesn't. So it's like, that's how... That's how it works. That's the reality of it. And so it's like the trust you would have to have had in the decision-making of politicians is such to make that call that I'm like, I can't think of too many examples. You know, granted, I'm not saying that there's never a legitimate case for a war. Occasionally, if somebody's trying to invade you and they are, you know, monsters from outer space, I can see the logic. Yeah, that's a bad deal. That's something that needs to be done. But how often does that happen? You know, the cases are very few and far between where I see that as legit versus, you know, military industrial complex needed its profits to go up. Yep. So let's play that game. Uh, as the Goring quote says, typically the benefits to the individual average person of such a thing are next to none. A rare occasion when they are, but not that common.
1: No, it's playing with fire for certain, yeah. and to be on the edge of something i mean we haven't we haven't got over the first two that we started twenty years ago, sure. sure, just cranking it away, just empty you know it may be convenient that there's not lots of troops getting killed, sure, but just the drain did you see um I think Trump reached out to Jimmy Carter asking him about China, What about it? Well, how do they? Uh, how do they seem to excel when we oh, sit here and flounder? I say. And Jimmy Carter says, "Cause they don't spend a
0: nickel on war."
1: Right, right. That's why they have twelve thousand miles of high speed railway.
0: Don't and they? They don't have a super strong military. Not on,
1: not on the level we do. Well, I mean, nobody. Does Our spending's the, like the, the next twelve people. Yeah, yeah. So nobody obviously, they're they're spending some money on it, but yeah. I don't think they've been in any action at all since Korea. Sure. They didn't really even have any troops in Vietnam. They may have advisors, but just not on the scale we do. Right. So here we are, $5 trillion wasted over the past 20 years, and
0: we're just going to be removed from the country. Politically speaking, China freaks me out because they are ridiculously successful. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when you look at the human rights record or respect for individual rights within China, it's so next to none. That is just like, ooh.
1: But that seems like the model that like the true, is, you know, the 10 powerful dudes that want to run it all. Putin, right. he wants Russia the same way. Just a bunch of serfs obeying themselves. They're definitely designing us to be the same way as they destroy the middle class and put people in this position where...
0: Yeah, it's a hard... I mean, even though China is not communist anymore in reality, but the totalitarianism hasn't changed. No. They're still as totalitarian as they always were. They are just... What's you know, going to
1: happen in Hong Kong?
0: Yeah, it's... How much little, longer are they
1: going to put up with that?
0: Yeah, it's a little freaky, for sure.
1: Because they are. And, you know, I think on a global scale, if China wanted it all... Are they really going to want the rest of these uh, different colored folks around? Because they seem pretty strict about...
0: Yeah, ethnic minorities don't have it, or religious ones, like Muslims in China. How about them? Apparently, they are just uh, donating organs. Yeah, Um, unwillingly donating organs, yes. (sighs) Yeah, no, there's some freaky stuff, for sure. That's why, in fact, when people are like, the U.S. is the worst ever. It's like, there's horrendous things about U.S. foreign policy that are even... It would take forever to even begin listing, but there's no monopoly on evil. You know, there are, you can see many, many, Flavors all trades. over the place. Yep, most definitely.
1: No, I wasn't trying to rah-rah China at all, but just clearly, they, no, no, they, 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 they better things. use with their yeah. money without right. question and not going on, Trying to have 30 different little excursions going on. Everywhere. Of course. Gee, how'd that work out for England? Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. How'd that work out
0: for Rome? Oh, speaking of which, I'm doing a podcast series on um, the Taiping Rebellion in China in the mid-1800s. And the first episode ended up being more background than anything because a lot of it is the Opium War. Right. Which, when you think about it's such a trip to think that Queen Victoria was El Chapo, except more powerful. And literally you have a country that said we ban opium because it's really working not very well for our people. Too many addicts. It's terrible. And the British empire come in with giant ships saying tough shit. We're going to keep selling opium. it to you. So whether you like it or not, we'll go to war over it. It's like, it's literally a drug dealing empire, which is uh, sort wow. of trippy to think of.
1: The stories don't change. Just no. the names.
0: Queen Victoria was funny too. She was a big, fan of drugs she did cocaine with uh, Winston Churchill when Churchill was young she uh, took uh, chloroform on the regular <laughs> she took uh, opium of course uh, she 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 loaded up quite a bit how
1: about um, Prince Harry wanting to split with the, the royal
0: yeah I don't know enough. I mean I I don't, know, news, but I, but I, think, I don't know but I just think I
1: love that it's uh, creating a stir for sure
0: yeah that's some um, Strange things going on Yeah, in that asshole's going to change
1: his mind yeah. when he works at Starbucks for a few weeks uh, <laughs> for $8 an hour.
0: Then again, I don't know. When you had your mom uh, kill, like, dying the way she did, and it's like, I can see how you'll be a little sensitive to all that. No, there's no question oh, about that. Being in the palace is not all uh, <sighs> pleasantries.
1: You think the queen's not the kindest person in the world
0: um, either. I don't know. It's It'd be um, a tough gig, though. Yeah, I'm sure. Then again... When the bar is uh, a drug dealing, warmonger, well, I think it's easy to she be above that. Up? Yeah, for sure.
1: I watched the series The Crown and they actually have somebody that's your, your official uh, ashtray holder.
0: Right. That's the way to that's do it. probably a good gig, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> cool, my man. I am actually going to have to run outside in this LA busy life. So let's wrap this episode let's say good day to the sweet folks
1: oh wow everyone
0: yes and uh, it's a wrap dig it
1: well the funky music means one thing and that's the end of another fine episode of the drunken down podcast what a fun one. We did a little bit of everything in there. I want to give a quick thank as always to our sponsors, it, Sure Design, Grassland Beef, and Never Tap Gear for helping us out to keep the show going. And I want to, as always, invite you to come join us at Kiva.org, my favorite charity. Your fellow listeners have provided over $145,000 in loan over the years. So please join us as a part of Team Drunken Taoist at Kiva. You give a loan, you get repaid, you loan it again, over and over again. Kiva.org. And as always, thanks to Daisy House for our amazing theme song. And for sure, check out their new collection, The Best of Daisy House, at daisyhouse.bandcamp.com. It's got more than 30 tracks from their first five albums. Combine some of their favorites. It even has my favorite one, Persephone. I think that's one of my favorites. There's a lot of great tracks on there. You can just buy one. You can buy the whole collection. You can buy all the albums. But go check them out as a thank you for letting us have such an awesome, iconic theme song. So, that's it. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Hope's all well. Get into February, and uh, have a great day. Thanks, y'all. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dallas Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Danielle at D Bolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1, R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, and the numeral one. We'll see y'all soon. Woo!
0: No you don't In
1: questo cazzo In questo caso, Le providenza di Dio
0: Dan can show you the way eh?
1: Oh man Isn't that scary to think
0: Nice <laughs> So don't kill people Do that instead <laughs>
1: <laughs> This was great it's Fucking awesome And I love this currency
0: I have nothing against chicken Other than the fact that they are Ugly and weird and strange We've been you having know, a great hour that's... here
1: Dan. Oh, man, I
0: completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're uh, outro. Oh, we're outro. Okay, sorry. So that's. So let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tomstone with uh, Val Kilmer and... Uh, uh, your accent, it just... Whatever that movie is you were trying to tell me about. Can you translate for me, please? I believe the word was Tombstone. Yeah, that one, exactly. Tombstone. Just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> now, most everybody thought... <coughs> We'll, <coughs> we'll do a cut on there. Or not. That was something else. <laughs> no, that's maybe too powerful. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you.
1: Get back to work. Funky. Podcasting. It's like radio,
0: but you can cuss. Why?